0: Before we start the show, if you want more stock talking, check out my newsletter at tinyletter.com slash bbrostoff, or visit postcoronastocks.com. You can find me on Twitter at at bmb21. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Stock Talking, an exploration of financial markets in the context of the post-corona world. COVID 19 has changed the way we value equity, debt, and business as a whole. My goal is to find great companies who can thrive in the new normal. I can't wait to get started. All right. Welcome to another episode of Stock Talking. It is Tuesday, and we have the Impervious on the show, July 21st. Sean, how are you doing?
1: Uh, Doing a lot better after our our sun and fun uh, this weekend instead of doing a podcast. So we are all the richer and unfortunately the listeners are are that much poorer because we've been enjoying ourselves. But here we are midweek. Well, I think we
0: needed a day to refresh at the beach, but we're back. And we got a contest update for the listeners. So refreshing as background. This contest started May 1st, 2020. $100 is, is on the line. I have Berkshire Class B. You have Triple Q, the NASDAQ 100. So as of May 1st, you are up 24%. The market is up 15%, SPY. And I, holding my uh, Berkshire Class B shares, uh, am only up 5.3%. So I have a lot of ground to make up, but unlike last week, I'm actually up a couple percent as opposed to flat. So Berkshire making a little comeback this week. The market's finally starting to realize how valuable a stock it is.
1: Yeah, honestly, yet another week where I almost feel like playing value moving forward is is the play. But yet another week where the the cues, my my buddy the DAC here, uh, just refuses to quit. And even when we have a a breather there in the Nasdaq for a day, and it looks like you know the uh, IWM, the Russell two thousand is about to pick up some slack. Uh, cues tag them back in, so. It's just new all-time highs, and the question is, can, can we keep the good time rolling here? But uh, I think there is uh, a lot of uncertainty ahead. Yeah, I think as I
0: read that update, what jumped out at me was the market is now, uh, SPY is now 325, twenty-five. We're close, I think, to um, up on the year, which is shocking when you think about everything that happened with COVID. But uh, yeah, what happened in the market last week? Why are we trading at 325 on SPY?
1: So, very interesting, sort of the path that we took here. Uh, the last time we, we spoke to, to you folks, uh, it looked like 320 or 323 on SPY, the S&P 500 ETF, uh, was the strong overhead resistance, and busting through that would definitely clear the way uh, to an all-time high. Uh, but we saw at the end of last week, uh, we entered sort of the big juicy part of earnings season, Uh, particularly with with Netflix and with with the runaway success of the NASDAQ really supporting uh, this rally here. I think a lot of the continued rally hinges on investors seeing something they like there to justify and sustain these all-time highs. Uh, I mean, the technicals, just looking at the chart, everything is definitely in an uptrend. But with the Netflix earnings, they've been on such a run-up, we're sitting at basically an all-time high. Uh, and despite a beat um, but weak numbers or weak forecast for subscriber growth, sold off uh, after hours and it looks like, it looked like it was going to take the NASDAQ down with it and S&P 500. But uh, as usual with futures, by the time you wake up, they're in a completely different place and the market had already been bought up. Uh, typical Friday, a little bit of melt and on Monday, just a low volume day grinding up to and past that 323 number. And uh, we opened today uh, actually around three twenty seven so it seems like you know there's just a constant upward march for the market. but uh, this afternoon, Tuesday here we see a, a bit of selling off um, across the board and really the story is still a lot of the tech uh, blue chips out there driving a lot of of the movement in the market as Amazon goes, you know really so does the market and you know, Tesla has certainly uh, seen quite a bit of volatility, very understandably this week with uh, their earnings coming up tomorrow. And so it seems like there's Buying going on at this level we 're definitely in a major supply zone uh, where it looked like we need a, a lot of volume to bust through and and sustain this rally, but definitely propel everything up to uh, all time highs since that three hundred and twenty three number sort of represents being positive on the year so as we stand with with that sell off we 're still sitting positive on the year, but it uh, almost feels like we're we 're hanging on the edge you know we see a lot of those those hedges. Uh, that I like to look at, uh, like TLT, uh, the 20-Year Treasury Notes ETF, uh, and VIX, which had been uh, pretty suppressed the last few days, Uh, came on green today despite a green open for SPY. So that usually means that there's potentially some some rough weather ahead, uh, and that's sort of what we got at the close. So despite the rally in what appears to be strength, um, there are signs that there is definitely some apprehension out there also, precious metal is absolutely banging. Um, friend of the podcast, silver, having a great day in gold. And especially the miners still just continuing to be uh, one of the best you know, short to medium term bets out there. Just you know, load up on a gold position if you don't want to be checking tickers every day. And you've got a pretty good chance in six months to a year of, of potentially doubling that position with you know, so much uncertainty ahead. And especially huge volumes or volatility spike expected around uh, election season, which kind of amazing, is really only uh, a month or a quarter away. So it feels like almost every week we say, "Here we are," and you don't really <laughs> know where we're going. That's the market there, um, but you can't escape the fact that things are up. But there is still a chance for for a fall off. I mean, today we saw financials and energy uh, looking pretty strong, and as as we talked about last time, you really want to see a solid sector rotation. Uh, each different market sector um, participating in the valley uh, but it's still really been largely tech and so it's it's a question of how can we sustain this type of of market where you know the market is green but only a few names of of you know just my watch list or all the tickers out there are green and majority of them excuse me, are red or struggling. So, uh, you know, one would hope that for, for this to be a normal, healthy bull market, you'd see some of those those signs, but there's a lot of other signs that this is neither normal uh, nor a healthy market, but certainly a, a bull market.
0: Yeah. Two things to follow up on And they're the two things I pretty much ask you every podcast. So first is technology. Second is other sectors. On the tech front, I thought Monday was an insane day seeing Amazon be up, I think, 8% at one point. It gained about $80 billion of market cap in one day. So big tech running, want your thoughts on that. And the second was some of my bank names, You know, Wells Fargo and Bank of America, I think Bank of America was up 3%. Wells Fargo was up 6%. And then a bunch of oil names also seemed to rally as well. So uh, you know, financials and, and energy, I think have been pretty downtrodden um, throughout most of June. And you know, they've had their moments, but certainly have been up and down. So I want to hear your thoughts on mega cap Tech, as usual, and also if we could be seeing any part of a rally uh, with regard to financials and energy.
1: Yeah, so with tech, it continues to be the same story in that so many of the, the big names, uh, some of the chip companies, uh, Amazon, obviously, Apple, and Netflix, we talked about, uh, just run up so much. And being at such a high level, it's so hard to find anything resembling value out there and really value investing in this this rally right here is not yielded the same returns as just uh, piling into some type of momentum play. And I I think you can't really discount the amount of retail investing, especially in some of these kind of lower volume environments, uh, not wanting to miss out on the action uh, of course, things can can change quickly. Um, but with a lot of the tech names, I, I think that there is going to be sort of a surprising reaction to the earnings. Even if uh, they post a beat, I think we're still going to continue to see withdrawn guidance or uh, some, some not particularly optimistic outlooks um, from a lot of the big names. But uh, one of the earnings we saw Monday, IBM, um, it's a grandfather's tech there, uh, posted a pretty impressive beat on the strength of their cloud business. So, you know, that gives me a lot of confidence that someone like Microsoft that sold off a bit today uh, definitely stands to continue to be strong. But I don't know that that supports, you know, anything other than this continued consolidation and money pouring into the same dozen names uh, and other, you know, growth stocks uh, seeing a, a strong rally and then strong sell off you know, really based on the strength of of Dave Portnoy's tweets or something like that. But in in the financials, I definitely see a lot of strength in the investment banks. You know, JPM, pretty impressive earnings report last week, and we've seen a lot of really bullish flow for Citibank and Goldman Sachs. Uh, But nothing has really changed for the Wells Fargo's, the Bank of America, with a lot more retail exposure uh, in that there's, a few it could be significant events on, on the horizon, one of which being uh, the unemployment benefits running out uh, very soon, I believe this week, actually. And so that's a lot of consumer cash coming out. And as I've sort of been bringing up previously, I think forbearance becomes an issue now that we're sitting about three months out from when a lot of the uh, quarantine started and uh, a lot of the stimulus package and legislature there. So there's, there's definitely a risk for loan loss. And I think that's something that came up in the earnings, but with their hands tied as far as dividends go and rates continuing to be low, those banks in particular do present good value and they're going to be traded uh, if you know that that is where money is going in the sector rotation that day. Um, but I think that opinion could change you know, pretty quickly. I do feel a lot better about energy. I think that crude's looking pretty strong, uh, sitting above $40, could certainly hit $50, uh, which no one wants to see at the gas pump. But I think that presents an opportunity to capitalize on some of the value in the energy space uh, if it's it's able to continue returning to something uh, resembling more, more normal demand levels. Um, but we're still going to see, I don't think tech really presents a risk to sell off, but could it just stagnate at, at certain levels and continue to see this micro rotation, you know, where one big name like Amazon has their day and then money rotates out to someone like Apple or Google. I think that's probably the pattern we'll see until, uh, some type of catalyst comes in and and shakes things up, whatever that could be.
0: Yep. Makes sense. I, I mean, one thing I did want to mention on the tech front, especially in light of so many earnings coming out this week and the next week. Um, good podcast from Patrick O'Shaughnessy, his podcast called Invest Like the Best. He just had uh, Eric Bistria on from uh, Benchmark Capital. Um, so Eric was saying that uh, they Benchmark has gone and looked at a bunch of SaaS companies and a bunch of big tech um, and has found that actually not that many companies – have raised guidance. Um, most are flat or not issuing guidance, so it really doesn't match the investor expectation um, that COVID is going to make everything digital and kind of really present a boost uh, to tech companies' bottom line. So, I still think there's some fragility with uh, earnings, and if earnings show that uh, these companies aren't benefiting from COVID as much as expectations uh, are pricing in, we could see a sell-off. But I've been wrong on that a hundred times before, and I expect to be wrong a hundred times again. Anyways, uh, that's what I got for tech. Um, let's talk about this coming week ahead. I know there's a lot of earnings on the calendar, but what are you? Uh, what are you looking for this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday?
1: Well, I, as with everyone else, uh, am going to have a front row seat. Certainly, probably not making a play here for the Tesla earnings coming up tomorrow afternoon. That would be Wednesday. Uh, a lot riding on that. If Tesla posts a profit, uh, then they are going to be included in the S and P 500. Uh, would be actually one of the most valuable companies to, to be included in S&P 500. Uh, but that's significant because that means that all of the major index funds, whether that's Vanguard, SPY, or any number of of funds, will then be buying up huge blocks of Tesla uh, to include in their S&P 500 funds. So that would represent a significant amount of d- demand for for Tesla stock, um, so you know the bullishness has been nonstop, and certainly the run Tesla has been on, trading like a penny stock with a three hundred billion dollar market cap, is is kind of mind boggling. Um, many fortunes have been made and lost trading options on on Tesla, so I, I stay far away. But It almost seems like with Tesla, this uh, posting a profit is already priced in, um, considering it's sitting you know just below sixteen hundred dollars, peaked around seventeen hundred, and a lot of this seems to be based on a leaked email that Elon sent, basically saying that they were getting really close uh, to being there. So everyone sell as many cars as you can, and I certainly wouldn't put a past it or put past Tesla to to find some creative accounting uh, to make it so that they are able to get. just over you know what they need to be one dollar bob and I, i i certainly wouldn't bet against that but the the question is 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 there going to be enough in that earnings report since it does seem like volume for car sales has been stagnant to flat there's signs like slashing prices on the model y Uh, that, you know, there is not as much of a growth story there, which Tesla certainly still is a growth stock uh, to justify hitting, you know, over $2,000, which seems to be sort of the presumed price target, which analysts have price targets ranging from $2,500 to below $400. So it's hard to say there's any consensus there. And certainly Tesla is probably the most polarizing ticker uh, out there. Um, but that also looking forward, which, you know, I don't do too often on this podcast. I do think you need to consider the amount of competition in that space since everyone and their grandmother, uh, is trying to introduce an EV and then you have upstarts like Neo and Asia, uh, a number of European companies, uh, as well as, you know, GM, Ford, and, you know, even Nikola out there, another meme stock uh, looking to enter the space. So the unchallenged sort of dominance of Tesla certainly is something that is weak. So maybe investors, uh, the more discerning ones at least, will really need to see something there uh, to continue buying at these levels. I think the uh, less discerning investors don't really need to see anything and it'll keep buying at these levels, so that's why I certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, bet against Tesla. But um, the reason that is definitely standing out on my on my calendar here is just because it could go anyway. And I think we're looking at an expected move around fifteen percent. So you know, this is going to have a material impact on the Tesla stock. And even though it's not included in the S and P 500, I could see this being something that certainly pulls the market one way or another considering how many uh companies have been riding sort of on the coattails of tesla uh some of the sympathetic plays like the neos out there even though it's a chinese company um
0: but the other big follow-up on on tesla like what do you make of the massive uh, pricing on some of these options i mean i think you mentioned a we're pricing at a 15 percent move but i just think like you're, you're seeing buying on options that are just way out of the money and i, I think will Mead also tweeted that there was buying today on um Tesla options at a price of, it was like 2100 or something with a relatively short expiry. Um, I think of all the stocks I've been looking at for our uh, Daily Fantasy Sports pricing game, which we'll get to soon, uh, Tesla had the highest implied volatility out of any of them. So you would think when it ran up this, this much, I mean, the IV is, indicates either a move to the up or downside. I mean, it's non-directional. Uh, it, it's crazy to me to see that still so much volatility is priced in. Like who's buying options right now?
1: Well, I- exactly. I mean, with premiums that high, uh, you know, even almost a thousand dollars out of the money, you're looking at, you know, it's a couple dollars for a contract, whereas that would probably be pennies, you know, for any other com- company's weeklies. But the, the insane amount of volume basically daily, you know, the Tesla is leading in terms of the overall dollars spent on Uh, options, particularly call options, and many of which are basically very short dated. So with such a high volatility, that means the the premium uh, decreases significantly each day, especially uh, if it's a day before expiration. So to see that kind of call buying, particularly a couple weeks ago, back before they had that crazy run on Friday up past $1500. It was a $2 million order for a one day to expiration contract that was way out of the money which you know is probably the worst risk reward that you could find in any option play out there but ended up netting a 200 bagger for the person that bought it. So what all that activity tells me is that these aren't Robin Hood traders that are getting in the mix and they certainly are, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's plenty of of Robin Hood types but I don't think that they're entering, you know, $2 million sweeps for uh, a fifty dollar contract that 's you know out of the money and one within one week of expiration, so that certainly is is suspect and not in character with any type of institutional investing but uh, i don 't think you can really point your fingers anywhere and there 's definitely some some great conspiracy theories which we can say for our, our conspiracy podcast as far as you know what 's going on there but uh, the Tesla ticker and all of the options that. Activity is, is definitely unique uh, looking at the flow and when things come in and just the sheer size of a lot of these orders.
0: Yep, makes sense. I mean, it's the I think of all the stocks I've traded, nothing has surprised me as much as Tesla. So I'm sure it will continue to trend that way. Um, other than Tesla, anything else interesting for the coming week?
1: Yeah, so Microsoft is also on Wednesday after close. Um, they've run up, they've been a tech blue chip for quite some time. However, they're still sort of at the top of their game, especially on the strength of that cloud business. So uh, if I were to be betting on a beat and uh, a move up afterwards, I would feel like Microsoft is probably the safest play there uh, with a little bit of a pullback today. If they were coming in at an all time high, I'd probably feel a little more uncomfortable. Um, But we had Snap reporting today and despite uh, positive user growth, the stock was selling off after after hours um, after a pretty impressive beat with you know very low bar last quarter. So with Twitter coming up Thursday before open, uh, I think there's a a you know safe uh, short play. Maybe not. Nothing is safe with earnings reports, folks. And by the way, this is also not financial advice for entertainment um but i feel like twitter definitely has uh a lot of headwinds there with uh, the hack which was definitely more of an internal it sounds like or inside job uh exposing that uh twitter does have the ability to shadow ban people and shadow ban different trending topics uh which i guess jack dorsey claimed they could not do in front of congress so uh that looks like perjury um but earnings wise the facebook um Boycott has definitely extended to other social media platforms seems to me like more of an effort to cut operating budgets than it is uh, a chance to do some virtue signaling for a lot of these companies. Um, But there's definitely some risk there. Uh, And then just working our way around here the rest of the week. uh, We got some chip stocks, uh, Texas Instruments. posted a pretty impressive beat stock moved after hours so I would definitely be looking at some other chip stocks like ST Micro which reports Thursday before open Uh, and Intel uh, who actually posted a a beat last quarter but the stock sold off after Apple announced they would be moving away from Intel chips Uh, and we also have Skyworks uh, who makes uh, analog front ends or front ends for antennas and phones uh, reporting after close so maybe some risk there with phone sales down if, if Apple is not shipping as many phones. Uh, but we have a few airlines here. Um, UAL reported today, uh, they did not post the beat, but were only off by about 3%. So doing a bit of a cardiac heartbeat, one of those cases where it wasn't as bad as expected, even though it wasn't good. So investors still making up their mind. But Southwest reporting Thursday, um, certainly don't expect, expect uh airlines to be posting impressive earnings but if they're already so so beaten down and sold off uh i think there's definitely a chance to buy after those earnings if there's if there's not you know a pretty positive move coming out of that and it doesn't just uh sit down dead um but outside of of really tesla and microsoft they all kind of feel second level so i feel like we'll be looking at a much different market on on thursday than we were wednesday before close but uh
0: Yep, I agree. I mean, these you couldn't really have two bigger names reporting. I suppose Apple and Amazon would be the other ones I would include, and, and Facebook as well, but they're reporting anyways. Um, Microsoft, I own long term, so I'm very interested uh, to see what their earnings look like. Um, before we close up, let's talk about this free another game we have going on. So.
1: Earnings thing, uh Las Vegas Sands is reporting Wednesday after close. I don't really have a play there. It looks like you know Las Vegas is at risk of shutting down again. But I might actually tune into that call for another great soundbite from Sheldon Allison who delivered us probably the quote of last quarter with people are dying to gamble. So
0: I, I have seen like the casino names. I mean Penn has once again been on a monster run. MGM seems to be trending up. Uh haven't seen what LVS has been doing, but for whatever reason the casino names seem to have rallied recently.
1: Which, quick sidebar, love DraftKings still. Solid day today, uh, even despite the sell-off. So, like that stock uh, moving up into the $45 range in the next couple of months with sports coming back. So, definitely look to get long and add on the dips with with DraftKings.
0: Yeah, I will say you got your first taste of positive sports news uh, this week. I think the major sports leagues probably had their most positive headline uh, you possibly could have had NBA zero positive tests, I believe, yesterday was reported. Uh, NFL, I think, was at like uh, a tenth of a percent, and MLB also posted some pretty good news. Uh, so interested, see, very interesting to see this bubble concept appears to be working for the sports leagues. Uh, players seem to be keeping themselves out of trouble. So I did not predict that. I thought the bubble could potentially be a disaster, but for the NBA, it seems to be working.
1: Well, we've got uh, some football on on TV now. So there are live sports happening. There's sweaty dudes bumping into each other. So it seems like they've found a way to make it happen.
0: Yes, all is well with the sporting world. All right. uh, We have entered another competition. So I'll just give the listeners a quick overview. So for those who are fans of Daily Fantasy Sports, we've essentially adopted these same rules. But for stocks, uh, you have six positions to pick. You can either go long or short, uh, any of the names you pick. The score you get is the sum total of all your returns. You can pick short or long for any of your six positions. So it's essentially like having a flex um, on all six where the only positions are short and long. Um, We created the pricing based off of the median uh, implied volatility for options that are expiring July 31st. Uh, So just went through the top 100 names in the S&P 500 by market cap, uh, took the median implied volatility, and then um, used that to determine the pricing. So you'll get things like Tesla being uh, 13,700, and I think TLT ended up being in the 4,000s. So totally based on what the options market is pricing in for moves. Uh, We each picked six again, and uh, we'll post those picks to Twitter. Uh, but for now, I think we were just going to overview our top three picks. So, yeah, John, no. wh- why don't you start with, uh, with what your favorite three picks were from this coming contest?
1: And r- real quick, very excited to make this uh, part of the show moving forward. So uh, we've got some salaries for each of the different tickers that we're playing this week. And in the future, we'll definitely try and get these out ahead of time so that uh, you guys at home can play and talk a bunch of trash uh, about how bad we are at traders even though this isn't trading you're just uh, more or less a best ball uh, stock play where you, you just only have to buy you don't need to sell um, but I see a lot of a lot of opportunity here to uh, have a little more fun with with some of our picks and certainly I think it's hard to you know, throw out a weekly pick, and everyone wants those picks. But your entry and exit are, are so important. So, uh, I believe we're doing this from market open tomorrow to market close in a week, or what? What time frame are we going? Let's do?
0: say let's say end of Friday. This one, the timing was a little bit off because we decided to do the pod Tuesday. But I should also add some important details. Just like DraftKings, total salary cap is fifty thousand uh, fake dollars. So you have to stay within that range. And again, um, as Sean said, this closes at market open, which would usually be Monday, but will be Wednesday for the purposes of this week's contest, and then closes on Friday market close. So there's no buying or selling, there's just stock picking.
1: And we'll be keeping score based on points, correct?
0: Yes, each, uh, each percentage point is a point. So if net your stock is up a percent and a half. You have 1.5 points and you can also accumulate negative points. So hypothetically, if you were directionally incorrect on every one of your picks, you could end up with a very negative score.
1: All right, right on. Let's, let's get into some picks here. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to talk some trash about what you got lined up.
0: Gotcha. Actually, I, I can kick us off since I am, I am proud to be the creator of, of this very degenerate gambling game. So, I have six picks, uh, $49,900 total dollar spent. I went long on everything, which uh, not sure if that was the correct decision, but uh, again, trying to ride the market momentum. Remember, I'm the value long-term trader, uh, Deshaun's short-term trader. So picks I got, Tesla, Bank of America, Atlassian, uh, CBOE, that's the options exchange, Nike, and Clorox. Um, The three I wanted to highlight are Bank of America, uh, Nike and Clorox. So Bank of America, I think everyone's heard me talk about in the pod a ton. They disappointed earn, uh, on earnings last week because they increased their loan loss provision. I still think there's incredible value here. And I think the, the, uh, the stock was oversold on disappointing earnings. You saw a little bounce back today. So that definitely influenced this pick for me. Uh, but again, I got it for the cheap price of 7,900. Um, so kind of on the lower end for comparison, Tesla is uh, 13,700. Which actually wasn't the most expensive stock. That would be Marathon Oil at 14,000. Median implied volatility of 145%. Uh, Pretty crazy. But other two picks are both value picks Um, Nike at 5,100 and then Clorox at 5,400. Clorox, I think, will probably be obvious to our listeners. Uh, In demand product, they've raised guidance. Uh, I think this Corona thing is probably going to go a few years. So I, I think. You're probably going to trade pretty flat there. Uh, Pretty low IV expectations, as you can tell by the price. That's more for the uh, cash game than me trying to make sure my score stays stable and I don't get hit too much on my value picks. Um, Nike, I I believe, already reported. Um, Let's confirm that.
1: Reported and dumped. Yes.
0: Um, So... I don't have to consider the possibility of earnings volatility. So that was nice. There was already the Ivy crush, hence the $5,100 price. Um, I I think Nike, you know, that sell-off was not necessarily warranted. Um, Obviously, you know, they're, they're having some issues as mainly a physical retailer, although they're moving more and more online. Um, That was also a, some commentary on the podcast I mentioned earlier uh, with Patrick O'Shaughnessy and the uh, benchmark capital um, partner. Uh, but Nike in that earnings call, I believe, did say they're ahead of, of goals for moving um, a percentage of their sales to e-commerce. So not totally unexpected, but good to hear. Uh, but anyways, to summarize my strategy, I think Nike and Clorox are good, stable value picks. And I think Bank of America is oversold and due for a bounce back. Um, and again, the, the three I didn't talk about, um, Atlassian, Tesla, and then CBOE are kind of higher vol names. I'm actually long Tesla, so uh, I will be among the uh, thousands and thousands of people cheering that stock on uh, tomorrow afternoon. So, Sean, let's hear what you got for your picks.
1: Yeah, and real real quick before I get into mine, let me just run down my uh, evaluation of yours. So Tesla long, that's got to be the chalkiest chalk pick of the all so no surprise there bank of america you love yourself banks that don't do anything so that's like the uh boring veteran the larry fitzgerald that you gotta start because you know they'll probably get touches but won't do anything with them uh you go with team uh pretty high salary there at 9900 because they just ran up like 10 percent. so good buying at the top opportunity for you there uh cboe no idea nike sitting in a nice down wedge that it might have broken out of but uh you know, some some potential there in Clorox. I haven't looked at the chart either, but uh, it's probably a bad play. So let me get into what I got here. So first one, and this is really what's going to make or break the week for both of us, is I'm going to go short Tesla over these next couple of days. Uh, you know, it's, I always want to short Tesla, but definitely don't want to put any money on the line there. So if I get to uh, just play contrarian for the sake of making it interesting, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. Know full well uh, that there is quite a bit of history here that shorts get absolutely wrecked uh, in a position like this. But um I think we, we could see, for some reason, a paradigm shift. You never know what to expect as far as uh, you know how the response will be to earnings. So it definitely seems like it's a very crowded trade being long on Tesla. So there's probably less resistance to the downside. And a massive run-up is usually uh, spells for disaster for, for most companies, even on good earnings. Um, just because they've run up so much, how much higher can they go? But running, uh, running down the rest of my lineup here, I'm looking at Microsoft. Looks like a great value at 6,800. Uh, sold off a bit earlier in the week, but as I mentioned with the IBM cloud earnings, there's definitely potential for a nice beat and move afterwards. Um, great value, 6,800. Uh, I'm looking at a Facebook short here. Uh, even though most of this boycott wasn't sitting on this quarter, uh, Facebook, who's been pretty invincible, definitely a buy the dip type stock, um, has quite a bit of headwinds there. And like I mentioned with the snap, uh, sell off and sort of disappointing earnings, I think that at least set some expectations for Facebook. And even though they aren't reporting between now and when we report results here, um, I think that there's enough uh, bearish uh, pieces there to definitely um, present some, some challenges looking ahead and considering how high the stock is or has, has run up lately. Uh, rounded out my last three, I'm, I'm going to be long Walmart, uh, short NVIDIA, and then my value play here, I got a long on TLT. So Walmart, nice COVID defensive. They've been on a, a great run since announcing their Amazon Prime competitive product. Uh, almost feels like a, a safe play, definitely a, a cash game type play. NVIDIA here, uh, in my strategy for picking my lineup was to just look at the list Ben gave me five minutes before we went on here and pick out whichever ones uh, worked <laughs> in the uh, salary. But NVIDIA, even though uh, the Q's NASDAQ uh, is is my lifeblood in our, our year-long competition as far as who will outperform uh, each other, Berkshire. Hathaway or, or the Q's. NVIDIA is basically one of those stocks that's just going to track the NASDAQ. And so with it running up so much earlier this week and been one of those runaway uh, successes, um, I, I definitely think there is a chance for, if not a sell-off, some cooling in the NASDAQ. And that's definitely going to bring NVIDIA down with it. So I like the value there at 7,700. And then TLT, this is my big bearish bet here, uh, especially with the sell-off coming today. TLT was uh, pumping at the end of the day, breaking out of a down channel. So from a technical perspective, uh, there's room to run up for TLT, but that's really more of a function of if there is a big sell-off, um, because TLT is one of those uh, vehicles that investors will will flock to um, when you're in a high-risk environment, uh, when you're fleeing equities. So great bargain at 4,200. Uh, one that generally doesn't move too much too fast, but um, if for some reason we fall off a cliff and it's not your garden variety, uh, just selling and, and resetting uh, before continuing the uptrend, then TLT could definitely be the bargain of the week. But again, this all comes down to Tesla and what happens Wednesday. Uh, but if I somehow picked wrong and am still able to beat you, then I think that is definitely got to be uh, a feather in my cap.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice to get my first victory on the season because I I don't think I'm going to win our BRKB versus QQQ bet. Quick question. If gold and silver had been on this spreadsheet, what do you think they would have been priced at and would they have been in your lineup?
1: Yeah, an interesting question. I was kind of surprised not to see those in there because uh, I definitely like having, if not gold and silver, uh, some miners in there. Um, you know, JNug, one of the best meme stock, uh, a leveraged junior miner uh, ETF. But uh, I've had a great trade with GDX, uh, another miner uh, ETF. So right now they've been absolutely pumping, I've been runaway stars, one of the easiest investments you can make. And you know, I think that's really an indication of what could happen if some of the monetary issues Uh, particularly um, some some devaluing of of the dollar, or the the dollar just having runaway inflation, which is to be expected with all the printing. Um, And so there will definitely be a flight to precious metals. And so I think that would represent a huge value play. Um, Even though if you look at it trading daily, it looks fairly volatile for the most part. They will, in normal circumstances, sort of trade in a kind of narrow range. But um, after selling off um, pretty heavily back in March, um, silver and gold have definitely been some of the best performers, um, except for some of these crazy growth stocks that have gone up over 100%. Uh, but for what's considered to be kind of a, a slower long-term investment, all of a sudden they become something that's seen way more sort of short-dated options activity than, than one would expect. So if I could get in some leverage there, I would be all about getting in uh, some type of play for gold or more specifically silver. Uh, Since silver seems a little bit more prone to sell off, but definitely has um, larger percentage wise runs than, than gold does. But right now, precious metals are pretty much one of the chalkiest bets you can make in your portfolio. It seems like everyone's sort of caught on to that message that, you know, there's still a ton of upside. Uh, over the next year or two, so definitely a buy and hold with not as many sort of different variables and market conditions that could could pull it down. So that's a play I like. Um, be interesting if we included something like crypto, since I feel like that almost falls into a similar asset category. But I certainly wouldn't be playing any crypto. But one one I would like to see in here is uh, the VIX, since I feel like uh, that on a short-term scale can definitely present some. Um, Pretty significant gains or losses uh, from a percentage standpoint when it comes to uh, you know big sell-off and especially a leverage play like UVXY. Now that tVIX has been delisted, uh, is something that I'd be especially interested in. And I think over the next couple of days, with VIX uh, basically hitting its low range for the, the post-crash era. Um, that doesn't signal to me that you know it's smooth sailing ahead, but rather we are in a an environment where uh, volatility is low, options contracts are cheaper, and there's still potential for a big move that you can get um, a good deal on. And you know, one one other play I like is some of these leveraged uh, ETF plays like uh, TZA, which is a triple leveraged um, IWM short, and also SQQQ, which right now in inverse uh, ETFs, ones that go up when the ETF it's tracking goes down are kind of designed to go to zero. But in the event of a sell-off or in case that you need to hedge right now, they're just so cheap that you can load up and definitely get um, a a large position for pretty cheap in one of those leveraged ETFs. So looking at a very short-term short-term time frame, knowing that it's going to zero, uh, you can definitely get a great deal r- relative to, you know, playing directly, maybe buying puts on something like, um, triple Q's or TQQ.
0: Yeah. Send me your wish list, and I will add them to the spreadsheet. I'm looking forward to these face offs. This was a weekly thing for us during the football season last year. So pumped to bring it back. And of course we'll get the listeners involved. We definitely like some listener competition too. So very high hopes for this, uh, combination of two degenerate forms of gambling but can't wait
1: yes this is uh the the literal de- literal definition of of wall street bets uh, no affiliation for the, the subreddit but uh look forward to evolving this welcome all your feedback and uh also welcome all your smack talk about ben's ben's lineup and, and what were you thinking type type comments
0: i'm gonna have to adjust you know having been kind of a long-term investor for so long. i um, going to need to be a little more technical analysis oriented to compete with you, but I think I'm up for the challenge. All right, buddy, as always has been an honor and a pleasure. Uh, any parting words as we move into the final portion of this week?
1: Yeah, well, just a couple more picks to throw out there. Um, with with the uh, a lot of the tech stocks the U.S. running up, we've seen basically the same thing in China, a major asset bubble. Um, so there's a couple Chinese stocks that I uh, sort of like a short position for a different reason than something like GSX, which is an out-and-out fraud. Uh, but BABA's been on a huge run-up. Normally see a ton of bullish, uh, very in-the-money calls Uh, Very expensive plays, so definitely part of a larger either spread or something like that, Um, but have seen quite a bit of uh, put activity there, so I do like a short on Baba, and also Neo is a great sympathy play there, uh, as well as Workhorse, Nikla or any of those other ones so if you do believe in tesla but the premiums are too insane and you want to get some some action on that earnings uh those look like good places to play but um i've seen quite a bit of at least bearish put activity on on neo uh so considering the run up there that that might be where where i'd park my bet um but either way we're gonna see a lot of move movement and a lot of volatility uh in that ev space so if you feel some strong conviction on either side you can get yourself a a whole spread of different different tickers there, not just Tesla.
0: Yeah, we are definitely taking opposite views. So I think that Tesla earnings call um, will affect a lot of stocks, not just Tesla. So excited to see Elon Musk uh, talking to analysts. Sparks are going to fly.
1: But for now, that's that's all I got for for you. So looking forward to who will be crowned the the first winner here of our our great contest series.
0: Excellent. Well, as always, good to have you on the show, and we will talk next week. Pleasure is all mine. Happy trading, Ben. Happy trading. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes of Stock Talking and read a blog with my latest trade recommendations, market commentary, and more, visit postcoronastocks.com. Uh,